Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Hey, welcome to Crossbridge. I want to welcome those who are sitting in our Peru campus right now uh, with Pastor Kevin. I also want to welcome those at our Ottawa campus um, as we are regathering. We're in week two of regathering. I thought last week was a tremendous week. So good to be gathering back together again. Um, I know you heard we had about a little over 300 folks who regathered, but I also know this, there was 600 of you online. And so I want to welcome every single one of you, no matter where you're Uh, tuning in from, where you're worshiping with us from. We are thankful that you're with us and the online service is not going anywhere. So you just keep tuning in, keep worshiping with us. Hey, uh, we're going to continue right along uh, in the same thread we've been for the last couple weeks. And if you've missed, feel free to go back and listen. Um, I, I think, I feel like they have been timely. They've been timely in my life. And I'm hearing from many others that these messages have been timely in yours. And so uh, feel free to go back, check out the last couple of weeks, and let's uh, dive right into this week. Um, we're looking at a prayer out of Psalm 139, just as uh, we've been talking about the prayer 139, verses 23 and 24, which I'm going to read to you in just a second. That prayer is by a man named David. And I shared a little bit with, with you last week about this, but David, according to Scripture, was known as a man after God's own heart. In fact, um, Acts 13.22 puts it like this. But God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Those are um, really powerful words, like the fact that God would say that. If he said that about me or you, we would be pretty puffed up. Like we would think that was pretty cool stuff. But here's what we also know according to scripture. This is not the only place that David's talked about. In fact, David has found his life is recorded in a number of places through scripture. And and here's what we know. As much as it says that he'll do everything I want him to do, we also know that when David practically played that out in his life, he did not do everything God wanted him to do. In fact, David was a mess. And I think about it, David got a whole lot of things wrong. He blew it a lot. And, you know, truthfully, I think (laughs) that's probably why I like David. It's probably why you should like David. Because if God liked David and and David blew it a lot, it means he probably likes us still a lot too. And and so that's where we're going to press in from today. We're going to look at um, this prayer again, Psalm 139. Verses 23 and 24. If you have a Bible, look at it. If not, look right there on your screen uh, in front of you. But here's what it says. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Now here's the line that we're going to talk about this week. Point out anything in me that offends you. And then it concludes with, which we'll look at next week, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Father, thank you so much for your scripture. Lord, this book is full of words that just speak the truth into our lives. If we will open our hearts and we will open our minds and we'll be humble enough to listen, I'm confident that you want to speak to us. I pray that as we read your words, that your power would be in them. And that, Lord, we would know that those words, like you have permission to cut deep on us. 
in a way in which you reveal what we need to see to make us more like you. I pray that you'd help me as I do my best uh, to choose my words today. I pray that they would be yours. I, I, I pray today, may, um, may this not be in any way about me, but I pray that it would be about you and leading people into a growing relationship with you. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Hey, when I think about those lines, the lines that we're talking about today, point out anything in me that offends you. Oof, those are some loaded words. And, and oof, that's hard stuff, right? That we would actually pray that. That we would say, God, I want to give you permission to point out anything in me that offends you. You know, um, here's, as I was sitting down and I was writing this message, uh, this is how I typically write a message. I just, I, I start with just asking questions. I start with just staring at it and trying to kind of let my mind wrap around it. And, I, and what I do is when I read scripture, I begin to say like, okay, so um, what, what's that mean for me? What do I feel when I read those words? What comes to mind when I read those words? And I begin to ask questions. And when I do, I begin to write those down. And usually there's a message in it somewhere. And so here's the first question that came to mind this week. Are we willing to humble ourselves to actually ask that question? See, there's no way you can ask that question without a pretty large level of humility. <laughs> Think about it. Hey, God, uh, I mean, how, do you, how do you say that in an arrogant way? Point out anything in me that offends you, right? Like, like, I think that is just, there's no way. Like, to be able to approach God in that kind of fashion and make that your prayer requires humility. Here's what James 4 says about humility. It says, and he gives grace generously, as the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I, I love that line. He gives grace to the humble. As we come and we lay our lives before him, he meets us with his grace. Undeserved favor, right? That's how he meets us. Listen to Second Chronicles. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. I, I love that as well. It's this picture that when we actually like, we look at our lives and in a humble kind of way, we say, God, show me what is offensive to you. And he shows us. And then we're willing to turn from it that, that God will do a work in us. In fact, he will forgive us. But then it says there, he will restore their land. I think about that in the context of our lives, that he can heal and restore things that sin have bent out of shape. Isn't that a great thought? That God can take messed up lives, we will bring them before him, and we'll be honest about them, and he can do a restoring work to make us into new, the new people that he's called us to be. Um, here's a passage that I really, uh, I want us to spend just a little bit on. Matthew chapter 7. When I was writing this message, this is one of the scriptures that came to mind for me. And here's what it says. Many of you have heard this scripture. Um, many of you have probably used this scripture. But it says this, do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. That's a scary line, right? Now let's continue. And why worry? This, <clears throat> this is really, a, Jesus has a sense of humor, right? 
And why worry about a speck in your friend's in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of um, the speck in your eye, right? Um, the log in, you, in your eye, then you will see enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Uh, that scripture is um, a powerful, powerful scripture. I, I think hum, human nature, right? Now, I think Jesus knew it. He knew it about us, and he's declaring it as, um, as he's telling the story, and he's telling it kind of in a funny way. And, and here's what he's saying that I think is so true. You, you look at our world today, and, and humans haven't changed much. And, and here's, here's the picture. What, what Jesus would say is to you and to me is that, like when you think about, right? He, he, point out anything that offends. I think what Jesus would say is, hey, I, I realize this. This is just part, this is like about you. Kevin, this is about you. And, and all of you out there, like th- this, just listen to me for a second. You have 20-20 vision when it comes to seeing this speck of dust in your friend's eye. 20-20 vision, like, and it's the truth, right? When we look out at other people, it, it's so easy. It's so easy to be able to point out the things that are offensive, to point out the things that need work. Like we are good at it. Some of you are really good at it, right? You're like, man, I'm that, yeah, I get an A in that category. Now here's what Jesus says though. He says, hey, you're so good. And, I, and I, I've got this little, this is a two by four, right? This is where Jesus' sense of humor comes in. He says, you are so good at noticing, like if I, if I could pull just a little off of here, right? A speck, a speck in your friend's eye. But then he says, you can't notice. Now picture this with me. You can't notice the plank in your own eye. Can you imagine if you walked around and you had a two by four hanging out of your eye, right? You bumped it into doors and you bumped it into other people, right? That's, that's the picture that, that Jesus is giving us. Like, why are we so good? Why are we so good at identifying the problem in other people's lives? And why can we not see the giant plank in our own? See, and that's, that's where I think this prayer is getting at. This prayer is getting us to the place where we're willing to identify. We're willing to be honest about the planks that are hanging out of our own eyes. The the challenge is this, to stop looking at at what's wrong with everyone else and do the hard work of saying, God, what is it in me? Of really looking at ourselves. Now, here's the other question that I found myself asking in in this passage um, with this line, point out anything in me that offends you. How do we know what is, a, how, do we, how do we actually know what is wrong and offensive to God? Like, how do we know? Like, you know, when you think about this, there's so many things we could be doing or not doing. And, and how do we know? You know, is there, a, is there a buzzer that goes off, right, when we do something? Is there, you know, are you waiting for lightning to strike next to you? Like, like what is it? How do we know what's offensive to God? Now, here, here's, here's just a couple things that I wrote down. Number one, you can look in Scripture, and, and there's several passages that if you really just wanted to look up, like where sin is defined and listed, you can find it in Scripture. And some of it is like really, really specific. If, if you look at Proverbs chapter 6, here's what it says. There are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. And then he goes through a list. He says, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, 
feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in a family. It's a pretty good little list, isn't it? Or there's a list in Galatians, and here's what it says. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Now here comes the laundry list again. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, you know, if you just want to get started, right, you, you could take these and you could put them on the wall, right? You could put them on your bathroom mirror and be like, okay, check, 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 right? Like, look at it, Lord, feel free, point out any of this, any of this stuff's in my life, point it out. But then I thought, what do we do when there's things that are outside of this list? When, when there's things that um, maybe are less, what I would call maybe more in the gray area, that if these are black and white, what about when there's other things that we're like, mm, that this doesn't seem like that would probably be something the Lord likes. Like that would seem like maybe it fits in the sin category. And I thought about a couple questions to ask ourselves. The first one is this, and, and, and it remind, I'll, I'll get to this in the next part of this, but here's, here's the question. Can we honestly ask God to bless the activity that we're partaking in and use it for his purposes? Hmm. So think about, you know, when, when you're doing whatever, right, in quotes, whatever, c could you say, hey, God, bless this and use it for your purposes? It's a great question. It reminds me of years ago when, um, and I think they're still around today some, but they, they were really big years ago uh, when we had the bracelets, what would Jesus do? And the question was, right, like anytime you're in doubt, just look down at your wrist and be reminded, what would Jesus do, Right. Or, or I think about it, there's times where we're having conversations and we think, what if Jesus was around the table? Would I have the same conversation? Would I tell the same joke? Would I do the same thing, right? Keeping in context, like the presence of Jesus with us. 1 Corinthians 10.31 puts it this way. So whether you eat or drink or whether you, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. But I think that's a, that's a great question to get us started. Uh, another question is this. And uh, I think it goes right along with our mission of leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Does it help or hinder whatever we're doing or whatever we're thinking about? Does it help or hinder our ability to lead others into a relationship with Jesus? 1 Corinthians 10 says, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good but for the good of others. What a great reminder. And Romans puts it this way in chapter 15. We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. Two great questions to ask. Now, here's the third thing I think to really, um, when you think about point out anything in me that offends you, and then thinking about what those things are and how do we know and what does that look like, I think about this. There are times when the Holy Spirit makes us aware. And you're like, huh, yes, huh, that's exactly what I want you to say. I want you to think about this. 
There are times when you're sitting in a service like this, whether you're sitting online, you're sitting at our Peru campus, you're sitting at our Ottawa campus, and you know this, that the, the scripture's read, there's something spoken about in this book, and all of a sudden, you get the sweats, right? Or you're like, ooh, like, does he know that about my life this week? And I'm just going to tell you, I don't, right? But the Holy Spirit does. You know, as a kid, I remember it so much, so clearly, that I would sit there, and at times, I just wanted to crawl underneath the pew, right? I wanted to crawl. We had these orange pews, and I would just feel like he was talking to me. I was scared to death he was going to make eye contact with me because, I mean, it just seemed like he knew exactly, that pastor knew exactly what he was talking about, like that it pertained to my life. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what he does. In fact, um, there's a passage that talks about it in John 16. It says this, but in fact, it's best for you that I go away. Jesus is saying, when I go away, right? Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I'll send him to you. And when he comes, here's what it says. He will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and the coming judgment. You know, um, here, I, as a, I've been a pastor now for almost 20 years. And, um, and I believe this with all my heart. I, I feel like when I'm preaching, I don't necessarily have to list every sin. I don't have to, um, you know, look around and go, oh, I bet Johnny's here today. And I know what Johnny's going on in life. So I'm going to talk right to Johnny. I've never done that. And I don't have any plans to. Because here's my core belief. My core belief is that when we gather and when the word is shared, when you hear the word, that I don't, have to, I don't have to convict you. It's not really my job. It's the Holy Spirit's job. And the Holy Spirit can take whatever words are mentioned, whatever word is shared, and He can speak the truth into your life, and He can reveal how incredible and how righteous God is, and He can reveal the places that need pointed out in your life. If you are willing to listen, that's what He does. Yeah, it reminds me, um, in my house, right? In my house, we have these uh, laminate wood floors. And, and they're, a, they're, a dark, they're a darker color. And I got to tell you, they drive me absolutely crazy. And, um, and it's my own personal sickness. But uh, those things, you know, we, every Saturday morning, we clean the house. All of us, the kids clean their rooms, which takes like three hours. And, and Rachel and I clean the bottom floor, which takes about 45 minutes. I don't know what they do up there. Um, but one of the things we do is we, we clean those, those floors. So we vacuum them, vacuum them, we swiffer them, um, you know, we clean them. But it's amazing because it's all dependent upon the angle that, that you walk through the house. There's times I walk through the house and I'm looking around I'm like, yeah, they look really good. You know, when it's kind of cloudy out, when the house is a little darker. But then there's also times if I stand in a certain location and the sun comes in from the windows, it illuminates everything. I think we just did that. We just did that this morning. And I see something there and I see something there and I see something there. And it's all about the angle of that silly light coming through the window. There's times when I just wish those floors were lighter because they're dark. They show everything. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's his promise to us. And listen, that's not a, that's not a curse. That is a blessing. The Holy Spirit rummages through our life in a way right? He rummages through my life in a way that I can't. He flashes his light at just the right angles that helps me to see what I need to see. 
We talked about last week that our heart can deceive us. And, and what we need, we need God. We need to invite Him to shine at the right angles to see what we need to see because I hope this about you. That, that What would it look like for our greatest desire? Our greatest desire would be to lead a life, a life that was pleasing to God. A life that gave him full permission to search us and to point out anything. And, and, and even as we talk about next week, to lead us into this everlasting life with him. That's a prayer. And here's what I also know. Um, and, and this is kind of our, the last thing I want us to see. Uh, big, and There's plenty in it. But the last thing I want us to see is this. If you're like me, um, and I think you probably are. I think we probably live similarly. Is this. You have blind spots. You have blind spots. Um, I was talking to my mom the other day and she was talking about maybe trading her car. And um, so I was saying, well, what do you want? What are you looking for? And she began to go through. She's like, I want navigation and I want, you know, I I like the heated seats and there's certain things she likes, right? And one of the things she said is, and I love those those mirrors that like light up when, when someone's in that blind spot. And I'm like, I'm with you. Like those little blind spot indicators are awesome. And I was reading about them this week. They were developed, you know, this is a little fun fact for you. They were developed by Mercedes-Benz. They use radar technology to monitor areas directly alongside and behind the car, and it warns the driver when changing lanes would be too dangerous. If the driver fails to see this warning and indicates to change lanes, a warning signal sounds as well. Wouldn't that be nice? Like if we just had blind spot sin indicators, and the moment we began to think something or do something or say something, beep, 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 wouldn't that be nice, right? Some of us would be like, like trash trucks. We would, be, we would be beeping all the time. But I, I love that thought though, right? That we would be made aware, that, that we would be made aware that, um, hey, here's something, right? Like don't turn left. Don't, don't go that direction. Nope, don't walk down that road. Nope, don't say that. Just get that conversation out of your head. Man, that would be nice. But here's what I also know. We have to pay attention to the warning signals that we do get. Now, I, I told you I've been reading this book called Dangerous Prayers by Craig Groeschel. And there was a couple things in there that I thought were so good. And I want to pass them on to you when it comes to identifying the, the blind spots in your life. And here's what it is. He said this, and I thought it was so good. Consider what others have told you about you. Consider what others have told you about you. Here's the quote. Consider what others have told you about you. Is there any area of your life, your habits, your relationships, or your actions that others have suggested needs to change? It's a great quote. And then here's what he says. If more than two people you love and trust suggest that you might have a problem, you might have a problem, my friend, and you need to address it. Isn't that good? Now, it's not fun to think about. I mean, I, I was racking my brain. I was like, okay, what have I heard from, you know, at least two people that I trust? Oh, then that, maybe that, you know, maybe that is real. Maybe that is not for me to say, yeah, yeah, well, that's nice. Move on. Stop and pay attention. Now, here's what he also says, because this is so easy, right? Consider what you've rationalized. Whoo, the king of rationalization. And the queen of rationalization, we're really good at that. We're good at saying, oh, that's not so bad. Oh, I mean, I, I know they say that, but they're not right about that. 
Or, man, I don't have a temper problem. If they wouldn't say things that set me off, I'd never go off, right? Or, or, or you may say, man, I'm not gossiping. I'm just, I'm just passing along information that's true. And, and plus it helps, you know, people to know how to pray. Uh, not, not what we say around the church. There's all kinds of things, right? That I think what we do is we have rationalized for years. Or, or what does it look like to say, hey, you know what? It's just who I am. Like, that's the way I was born and that's the way God made me. Um, man, all day long, right? We can come up with reasons and we can rationalize. I mean, now, here, now, maybe I'm stepping on toes, right? But here's what he would say. The third thing he says is, pay attention to the areas in which you feel defensive. When someone comes to you and they happen to say something to you, maybe they're pointing something out in love, right? If you're like, mm -hmm, those are fighting words, right? Pay attention. Pay attention to that because he says the places that, that we're defensive are the places that we need to pay attention to you. And the more convincing that we are that we're not wrong is probably a sign that we might be. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? I laid that on top of my life and I thought, whew, I hate to admit it, but there is so much truth in that. That at times the place where I'm the most defensive is, is the place where I need the most help. You know, in our physical campuses, um, our, pan our campus pastors are going to come and they're going to lead you in the response today. And, and here's my hope for you. Uh, I think this is a really important prayer to get right. I, I think there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity for us to press into God and become the people he's called us to be. You know, and, and there's benefits of that. Like your spouse can benefit from that. Your children can benefit from that. Your neighbors can benefit from that. And, and here's the deal. We have to be humble enough and honest enough to say, God, I, I trust you. We wouldn't give our, we probably wouldn't give a family member. My guess is most of you are not going to go home and say to your family member or your neighbors or your friends, hey, I'm just curious. Point out anything in me that you think is offensive. We're not going to do that because that is like, way too vulnerable. And, and, and probably, I'm not sure we trust them enough to do it. But I do believe this, the God who created us and the God who loves us, the God who loved David, even when he blew it over and over and over, can be trusted for you to pray that prayer to. And, and I'm confident of this. He can reveal to you, he can shine the light in the right places and show you exactly what you need to see. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.